0: Welcome to minute 23 of season five of Move for a Minute, the daily podcast where we keep of our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again this week is Jeanette Ward of the Mundane Adventures of a Fangirl. Welcome back to the show, Jeanette. Hello.
1: What an honor, what a joy, what, what a privilege to be here to discuss how busy an airport is the week of Christmas.
0: Not now, later. I <laughs> ah, see I got you this time that's right <laughs> so episode 23 begins with carmine still fuming <laughs> and <laughs> ends with John trying to explain the confusion <laughs> Tr- trying trying yeah well he, he I think he does it convincingly but, but we'll we'll get there we'll get there so basically, the, the last two days, we've been talking about uh, Dennis Franz just yelling at John, uh, explaining yes. why his airport is a little too busy and why he doesn't have time for John McLean. But, you know, no one's ever got time for John McClain. <laughs> Not even Holly.
1: Exposition layered into an argument.
0: There you go. It's true. Argumentative but,
1: but, I... exposition? Maybe that's what you call it.
0: Basically, we, we ended things yesterday with Carmine pushing the red button and saying, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. <laughs> and two of his policemen show up to, to, to escort John out. And, you know, we ended things yesterday with, with uh, I keep saying Sipowicz. I keep thinking that in my mind, with Sipowicz yes, saying. Yes, well, you should. With it's Carmine, basically Sipowicz. That's right. With Carmine saying, before I have to, you've thrown out and he continues today with, of my goddamn airport. Once again, going back to the my you know, it's it's very important that this is Carmine's airport.
1: <laughs> and I have to point out once again the Chicago-ness of Dennis Franz in that it's not a god damn airport, it's the uh gut damn goddamn. damn. The adding the T in there, which just makes it far more impactful.
0: Well, maybe that the reason for that is so that it can get through the T V sensors.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: there you go. <laughs> he didn't say goddamn. He said goddamn. <laughs> goddamn. God 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 yeah, I think this scene. <laughs> I think this this week would be a little difficult to 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 air unedited on network TV. Yeah,
1: even to which is a shame because then you miss all the exposition of what's happening, why, where, and how he knows him and what he's from, and then yeah, it's.
0: <laughs> That's true. It's hilarious. That it is for sure. And then, you know, John starts walking out, not happy, but uh, he's he's accepted the fact that, you know, he doesn't want to be in a place where he's not wanted. So I might as well leave. I'm not going to have to stick around here.
1: That's
0: right. And, you know, and as he's walking out, he turns around. And I love this. And I, I know that this is, this, this is the phrase you told me that that was the reason you wanted this whole week. You know, and here you get it right in the middle of the week. You know, where today we're on Wednesday, hunt day. You know, John turns around. Looks over at, uh, at, at Carmine, and once again, we get to see him standing right in front of that picture window with all of this, the fake snow behind snow. him. And John says, hey, Carmine, let me ask you something. What sets off the metal detectors first? The lead in your ass? your brains. Yes. And as he walks possibly out.
1: Possibly one of the greatest lines. Yeah, ever it's a great
0: line. And it's ever a, delivered. It's a great line. And as he walks out, he mumbles under his breath. So, so, I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out what, why is he saying that he has lead in his ass? Like, what's the point? Is he, is he basically saying you don't want to get up and walk around? Is that the idea that you're, you're – you're...
1: Basically, we've talked about how Carmine has not gone down to the crime scene, has not looked at it himself. And the, the um, phrase, you know, lead in your ass is traditionally reserved for someone who's not doing anything, who's sitting around, being lazy, being a, a layabout. So, yeah, I think that's, that's the general – yeah. General consensus was, as we know, lead in ass may set off a metal detector. <laughs> in brains, probably won't no. set off a metal detector. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's it, You can't dive into the logic of it because that would take away from the impact. Of Correct. It. So it it works great. It's a great line. We used to yell it at each other in college. I don't know why. We found it hilarious. It's a it's a perfect line. Yes, it really
0: is. It's, it is definitely a great line. You can see that he's. Lorenzo is a little bothered by this comment, you know. Yes. He, but the question is, is he is he bothered by that, or is he bothered by the fact that he calls him a fat <laughs> as he walks out? You know, which he's of the two of them the is he bothered? He knows
1: McLean is right. McLean is right. He knows something is up. He knows something more to this is happening. He knows he should be doing more, but he's also very busy.
0: Yeah. He's busy because he's got rangers flying in, you know, from the petting zoo. <laughs>
1: But not from the North Pole, only no.
0: from the petting zoo. But again, as we said yesterday, maybe the petting zoo is in the North Pole. You know, we have to yeah. we have to give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, I'll try. No <laughs> could promises. be, it could be, could be. And um, so he, he mentions metal detectors. So yes. when do you think a metal detector was invented?
1: Oh, 50s, 1950s.
0: Well, the first industrial metal detectors were in the 60s. Okay, okay. But okay. they had early metal detectors that were used to find unexploded bombs in France during World War II in
1: 1919.
0: Ooh, okay. Okay. And if you want to go even further back in 1841, there is a professor named Heinrich Dove who published an invention that he called the differential inductor. It was a four coil induction balance with two glass tubes. Uh, each having two well insulated copper wire uh, solenoids wound around them, and he would use that in order to try and find pieces of metal. Of course, that was the, the this then was the first magnetic induction metal detector, you know and it was also considered the first pulse induction metal detector. Now, I'm not a physics person, so I don't know what it is read, but it sounds cool.
1: <laughs> I listen, my knowledge of metal detectors is they're what you use for hunting treasure. You, yes. you need, if you're going treasure hunting, you need a metal detector. Usually it's on the stick with a wide base and you, you sweep it across the ground. That's what I know about them. In terms of the airports, when you put them into an arch and you have to walk through them, that's a whole separate thing.
0: Right. And what's very interesting is is that one of the most famous cases of someone trying to use something like a metal detector. Was in July 1881, the famous Alexander Graham Bell. Oh. He actually was trying to locate the bullet that was lodged in the chest of American President James Garfield. So I find interesting. it interesting. I find it interesting they didn't call a doctor. They called, <laughs> it's actually funny I say they called, they called Alexander right. Graham Bell. Well, because if you're going to make a <laughs> call at that time, the only person you can call. <laughs> well, we
1: got to get someone in here to do this. What do we do? Call somebody. Well, the only person with a phone is Alexander Graham Bell.
0: All right, call him. <laughs> well, apparently Alexander Graham Bell and the White House. You know, yeah, he had. Right, yeah. There was there was, got, a had a... <laughs> there was a bat phone. There was a bat phone. Who do we call? Hmm. Very logical. Let's call Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> hey, uh, you just created this this uh, phone thing. You you have any way of maybe finding a bullet that's stuck in someone's in someone's what chest? What else
1: do you have? <laughs> Funny you should mention, I just invented a thing that will find metal. What do you call it? I call it a metal finder.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, I mean uh, Garfield died, so I don't, I don't know what that says about Graham Bell. No, it,
1: listen, this was the first round of it. It wasn't perfected yet. He did the best he could. Also, given the the day and age they were in, even if he found it, that doesn't mean he can do anything with it. But yes, I've detected
0: no, then you the cut it in. Then you, then you call a doctor.
1: <laughs> the doctors didn't have a phone yet. So they can you call. Send, Bell, you send a runner to a
0: it. doctor. That's all you can do. We,
1: we yeah. found it. There it is. It's lodged inside his chest. Well, all right, now what do we do? Uh, we, nothing. I don't know. We, we found it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a metal detector. It's not a magnet. It's not like going to pull it up. It. You know? I wonder if so people. We, I, I if wonder if in.
1: It, you should have been calling a doctor, but I'm afraid you didn't call a doctor. so.
0: That's true. That's true. But a doctor wouldn't have been able to have done anything because he didn't know where the bullet was.
1: That's right. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, there were, there were mistakes
0: made. I, I wonder if they use uh, magnets nowadays, you know, in medical procedures in order to try and like find pieces of, of bullets or fragments of things and stuff like that. No, I it's never like thought that,
1: about it. Yeah, but probably also has to do a lot with like, does the magnet drag it through other things <laughs> that it shouldn't be, you know, <laughs> going through? Well, that's <laughs> exactly why you connect.
0: You connect yesterday's uh, discovery of X-rays with today's discoveries of, of metal detectors and magnets, and you try and figure out what's the best way to do it.
1: These are old questions. When you have a doctor on the show, these are not questions I can answer.
0: I, I can't answer them either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, a week and a half ago, I sliced open my my leg, and I luckily, I uh, you know, I have a neighbor who's who's a doctor, so I sent him a picture. And I said, do I have to go to the emergency room? And he says, Nah, come over to my house. I'll stitch it up for you. And there I got go. I got 12 stitches on the spot. You know.
1: That's that's why you are friends with a doctor. Everyone should correct. be friends with a doctor who can do that kind of stuff.
0: That's right. That's right. For him, it was nothing. You know, he just he he's he's, a, he's an emergency room doctor. So for him, you know, a little gash, ah, eh, no big deal. But what I know is is that the new knife that I bought actually, you know, uh, not just cuts vegetables, but it also cuts flesh.
1: <laughs> it's a it's a good quality knife.
0: I I learned my lesson that I shouldn't be putting it in a plastic bag. And mm. and I then I put the bag down to open my front door. And as I was putting it down it just sliced through my, it cut through the Jeez. bag and sliced through my leg. So good but, Lord, but I'm still here to talk about it so that, that's a good. Yeah,
1: and you got your stitches next door so you are all right. set.
0: That's right. But he 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 doesn't <laughs> want to be bothered taking the stitches out. He told me I have to yeah, I have to actually go to the to a medical facility to get it out, you know. <laughs>
1: understandable understandable.
0: he's like like he basically is probably saying to me you know it's it's fun for me to to stitch you up but you know uh, I don't have to get out yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah (laughs) right so then we talk about metal detectors so those those were metal detectors of of you know trying to find pieces of metal you know in sand like like you and I mentioned earlier you know the people you know walking on the beach trying to find uh, you know precious metals that people have forgotten sand or whatever it is. But then you have the metal detectors that are used for security reasons, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so obviously, security lately, uh, over the last uh, 20, maybe even a little more than that, but approximately 20 years, uh, is becoming increasingly important at events and specific locations. Uh, and so therefore they have metal detectors that play an important part in ensuring that people are safe by detecting concealed weapons, such as guns or knives, unless they have a porcelain Glock seven that they can, a, a fictional porcelain Glock seven that they can get through. Uh, it's also used to detect, uh, foil wrapped drugs and precious metals, uh, associated with jewelry or antique theft. Interesting. I never thought about it from that perspective, hmm. you know? Um, and th- there are basically two types that they use. The, they have the handheld metal detectors and security wands, and then you have the walk-through metal detectors, or what are known as knife arches.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Okay. Which you, you, those you mostly find in airports, uh, but they, they they now have them in many public buildings, sports grounds, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, there's even schools and colleges that have it uh, because because of the dangers that they have. Now, have have you ever seen the movie Teachers with Nick Nolte from 1984? No. So all the way back then they had a school with a metal detector. So, you know, it's, it's not like it's, it's sure, a new yeah. thing, you know, that there, there could be uh, no. problems with it, you know? Um, right. So, you know, having metal detectors are essential when there's a need to screen a high number of people quickly, uh, which is why they use them in airports, yes. even though in the airports, you know, it takes time because they make us all take off our shoes before they, they make you walk through it. You know. <laughs> When you just have to file through, it makes it a little easier. I mean, I don't know what it's like for you, but but for me, when I go to the mall, they have them also. Really? Yeah. Uh,
1: they have them here certain in the mall, cities, and and, yeah, certain and, cities have and, them. and when you
0: go into, and when you go to the hospital, you have them also. You know, there's a lot of different places here that have them.
1: Yeah, uh, stadiums. Um, any to any kind of concert yeah. hall or arena. Yeah, all that.
0: Yeah, how many people do you think a an average you know walk metal detector can can screen in one minute? Wow,
1: in one minute, you know what? I'm I'm gonna say no because they can a, a walkthrough one though, not the one that you have to stand and it scans you.
0: No, uh, I, it's, it's I, called a single metal detector arch. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say sixty. I'm gonna say one a second.
0: And you are correct.
1: Hey, all right.
0: Yeah, which means that you can get thirty-six hundred people through every hour. Wow. Um, but obviously the 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 handheld ones are are a little more cost effective. Yeah. But they, they use those more in places where they don't have as many people that they they need. Jeez. Yeah, that that's a, a little bit of a problem. <laughs> So uh, that's why a lot of places, you know, have uh, random searches and stuff like that mm-hmm. in order not to check everybody, which is anyone you think is, uh, you know, possibly uh, suspicious. Well, it-, you know, it reminds me of uh, Unbreakable, you know, another Bruce Willis movie, mm-hmm. you know, where he's a security guard and, uh, you know, they have the whole thing where they're either patting people down or... or you know, because he gets the feeling that there's somebody who has a uh, Glock 7 porcelain gun. I don't know. <laughs> we basically see that uh, John, you know, walks out of there. And then we, we see the two coroners. So we see two men talking. And you can see that they're wearing on their jacket says coroners. And one goes, any idea on this guy? And the other one goes, that's someone else's problem. <laughs> and, and then John, like, looks at them. And then you see them, like, go by him uh, with the gurney. Uh And then John makes a quick dash to the budget uh, rent-a-car area, Uh which I, I give them a lot of credit that they actually use a real name here. Because in the rest of the movie, everything is fake. Mm-hmm, All the, mm-hmm. the airlines are fake and stuff like that. So, you know, the fact that budget allowed them to, to use their name there.
1: Well, because is, as is a, as good. he walks up to the budget counter, the lady is saying to the gentleman in line, oh, and your car is ready. Here your, your keys. Your car is ready. I don't know if you've ever really tried right to rent a car at an airport, but it never goes smoothly for me. And no. Anyone no. I know. No. I've, I've done it. it the most complicated but, process on the face of the planet attempting to rent a car it, it takes forever every time so because
0: right? they want you like, to sign so many different uh, waivers
1: yes but it was like yeah well, well you can put us in the movie and in the movie always is your cars ready here are the keys no no that's not how it goes i'm not fooled <laughs> i'm not fooled budget i I'm not and and,
0: and she also you know next week we'll find out that she actually even hits on bruce willis so right. just the facts man i don't know just a facts. Just the facts. The fact, the fact. <laughs> um, and then he leans over the counter <laughs> as she's saying, "Your car's ready. Sign right here." And he goes, "I need to borrow this and this. I'll bring it right back." And then he grabs, you know, uh, what looks like a piece of paper and mm-hmm. uh, ink an ink, an ink pad, right?
1: Which thank goodness she had both those items right there on the top and easy reach for him. Well, because
0: that's that's what you need in a. Um, <laughs> You know, in, in a rent a car area An ink <laughs> pad and blank. I wonder. Paper? I don't know what you need a notepad for or the the the, the ink pad for. What do you need an ink pad Stepping, for in Uh thing? paid stamp it?
1: or returned or don't return this empty.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean the paper I can understand, but I don't know. Nowadays it's all, it's all electronic. You know, it's all electronic. Yeah. That's right. And then he he, he grabs his stuff and starts it runs off and she screams, Hey And he doesn't pay attention. He continues. Pat screams, hey. That's right. Well, because she was taken by surprise. Why would someone steal, you know, and which maybe she should call the, you know, airport police?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The two that just dropped him off right there, yeah.
0: That's right. That's right. And he starts, John starts running, and we see him on the outside already, and he screams, hey, yo, hold up, yo. Now, let's go back one second. I you know John walks out of the police area uh-huh. okay now we see a lot of police around there and we see the the coroner basically walk through that area with the body so yeah. they took the body through the from...
1: populated area of the airport where all the customers can see them wheeling a body around
0: yeah i'm, I'm trying to figure that one out it's a little a little strange it is you know um Like, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you got under that uh, tarp? Oh, nothing. nothing. There's
1: like (laughs) a a behind the scenes tunnel or a back alleyway they could have used instead of going right through the main, right by the
0: car. No, but, but again, for, for me, the strange thing is, is that why, you know, John, John said last week, I'm going to go up to see the captain, you know, making it sound as if, okay, we got to go upstairs. We got to go there, but it's basically right next door. (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is another one of those situations where, and honestly, it might be a, a, a side, side note of doing it minute by minute, but often movies that take place in a, a, an enclosed environment, right? Whether it be an airport or a building or a Nakatomi Tower or just anything like that, an enclosed area.
0: Nakatomi, Nakatomi.
1: Nakatomi Tower. I would love to have a map. Or a diagram that shows the layout and where everything is so that you understand when the character is going from place to place. If you're just watching this movie straight through, maybe it doesn't occur to you. But watching it minute by minute, it sure would be nice to see like a, an overview, a map in the airport of the uh, of the airport with a you are here. A little you are here yes. button.
0: hmm I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah. I would, I would love to do that. I, even for Die Hard, I tried figuring that out. I was able to figure out what things happen on which floors. Mm-hmm. But you can get a layout of the floors itself. You know, so oh well, guess we'll have to figure that out. See that that that's why I, I take my hat off to uh to, to Jay and Mark. You know, they were able to get the entire uh seating of everybody, all the cons on Con Air. Yes. You know, that they know where everybody was sitting. And I was like, Wow, that's just amazing that they were able to do that. <laughs> you know, and they, they and Mark spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Mark. Yeah. That's why it's great. Yeah. You know. It's worthwhile <laughs> for for people like us. To, it it's good to to hear that someone did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then uh, so so back to John running after the the corners, and then he goes, "Hold up, boys, hold up, we gotta check something." And then one of them looks at him. What are you doing? Because he, he opens up, the, he he un- unzips it, yes. and it, like pulls out the hand, and then he goes, "Pretty hey. gruesome."
1: pretty gruesome. What are you doing? I'm doing a pretty gruesome drug. What what I'd like, and actually, forgive me, backing up to the minute before, the score comes in right after John delivers the uh, lead in ash in brains line. Yes. The score Mm -hmm. kicks in to remind you that, okay, John has just realized he's in this alone. He's got no backup. He's got to figure this out. So when it steps out here, the score kicks back in as he is encountering the coroners. And the score lets you know this is kind of a fun scene look at how silly john's being because the score is all like and we get to
0: see the light bulb above his head
1: yeah it is yeah yeah. john has realized (laughs) that now it's up to him and he's got to figure out how to do this and the score lets you know it's going to be okay the yeah (laughs) the two corners are fantastic
0: yes and only one of them is credited but we'll we'll get there in a second We we shall get there Mm -hmm. uh huh. So basically, I mean, we we got to look at what Cochrane looked like last week, which was pretty gruesome. You know, which again, you I I never noticed before I did this before I watched this right, movie, right? Because you know something that that it flashed by in in literally a second. So they 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 did a nice job of letting us actually see that. Yeah. But. um. So the the rent the rent a car girl,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: So she she is, she is credited. Oh. And yeah, her name is Lauren Letherer. Well,
1: because she has a couple okay. of lines. It's not just this with the hey right. and the your car is ready. It's
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. And she has uh, 20 acting credits besides this movie, which which I guess isn't a lot well. considering this movie was from thirty something years ago. You know, this movie is from 33 years ago. So. Wow.
1: How did that happen?
0: How did it happen that 33 years passed? Yes. Wow. Or... <laughs> Why? But, but, but what's very interesting is her most recent uh, performance was in the movie To Leslie that came out last year.
1: I'm not familiar with that. Okay,
0: that there was there's a movie that Andrea Riseborough, I think that's how you pronounce her last yes. name. Yes. Okay. Andrea Riseborough was nominated for an Oscar for for Best Actress. Lauren Lether, mm-hmm. uh plays her mother. <laughs> wow. So I I just found that interesting. That it's just like it jumped out at me when I was looking at like her credits,
1: huh?
0: And stuff like that. That's really interesting. So yeah, I think so too. And the second person that talks this minute uh, is the morgue worker, whose name is Ed DeFusco. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who, again, I would have expected him to have a lot more IMDb credits. He only has 12 credits, but they are big credits. Oh. Uh, or they're, they're, they're movies that I recognize, at least. Okay. So, first of all, he's in this movie as the morgue worker.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was in Tango and Cash as oh, okay. a federal agent. Sure he was in red heat as police photographer okay <laughs> he was in unlawful entry as Planes clothes Cloth cop okay cop and he was in roadhouse as oscar so you know he he only has 12 credits but i just listed you know big, uh, five big. of them yeah yeah that that uh, you know they're, they're recognized. because i didn't recognize it you know not just from this movie so but but the, the second guy isn't I don't. I don't find him anywhere.
1: Somebody's friend standing in.
0: Apparently, I mean, we we talked about this the, the the I think the second week. The you know the 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 maintenance worker who opens up the the door to the for John to get into the luggage area mm-hmm. was this homeless guy who who was you know panhandling on the street that they decided to give a give a job to. Wow.
1: All right. You know,
0: yeah. 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 So that's it, cool. It's possible that yeah, and that's his only credit in a movie. <laughs> And last week we got him also standing there grinning, so you know he got to do some some fun stuff That's too.
1: That's right, I like that. You
0: know, and uh, we didn't. I didn't mention this yesterday, but but the the, the person who came in to interrupt uh, Lorenzo, where he said, uh, "Not now, later," mm-hmm. right? So Captain Lorenzo's secretary, her her name is Drew Barrymore. Okay. Really. Yes, D R U Barrymore, B-E-R-R-Y-M-O-R-E.
1: That seems eh, <laughs> shady. Sounds like a porn name. Yes, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: yes, that's exactly
1: <laughs> what I was thinking. Like that's that's not a mistake, right? That's not a coincidence. That's not a. Well, this was also my name. No, that's a. I chose this name, but I'm spelling it differently.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently she she has a. Uh, okay, her real name is Nicole Tanya Hilbig. She was born in Germany. Okay. Um but she changed her name because she, she apparently resembles Drew Barrymore. Does she? Or at least someone or at least someone thinks she does.
1: I'm okay. <laughs>
0: um
1: <laughs> I mean, sure. Whatever makes her happy.
0: I mean, she uh she has 243 credits on IMDb. That's so a lot. I, I do have a feeling I have a feeling that 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 she is a porn actress, okay. uh, <laughs> because that is a lot. That, yes.
1: that is a lot.
0: Yeah, I, uh, looking at some of the names of of these titles, yes, uh, that that is who she is. And I'm surprised that she got a, uh, you know, a, a job on this movie.
1: Did Rennie Harlan <laughs> know her from something else?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I, I wonder if she had credits before no, this is her this is her first uh, movie credit.
1: Oh, that's fascinating. All right.
0: And then all the rest are uh, that her next movie credit is 4 years later called Kitten's 6. And I'm just going to stop there. I'm not even going to go through any of the other names okay. of all right. any of these things. No need, but that that's just really weird that uh you know <laughs> that that she showed up and said, "Here, I will play <laughs>
1: You can yell at me. I George will
0: play larynges.
1: If there's anything yeah, else you exactly. need me to do? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah,
0: we're not going to go there. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the name just stuck out at me when I saw. it. Yeah. So I said Drew Barrymore. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's really weird.
1: Well, and now we and the know the why. The number of credits. I'm like, wow. Okay, that's a that's a lot of credits.
0: Yeah. <laughs> She's been a very busy lady. Hey, Good
1: her. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay. Uh, if you say so. Uh, <laughs> right. So basically, you know, John is, is, uh, trying to explain to these, uh, and he starts saying with all the confusion in there and then like, that's where it gets cut off here. Yeah. So he he doesn't really have much to say to them today. Today, tomorrow maybe he will explain to them what it is that he's uh, referring
1: Why to. Why he ran up with a stolen ink pad and piece of paper?
0: I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to wait and find All out. Right. All right. Do you have anything else for this minute uh, besides a uh, besides, before we get to the description?
1: Consult my notes. You no, know, just how much I love the sentence. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Set off sets off the metal detectors first. The lead in your ass or the yeah. in your brains. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the perfect little bit of Dennis Franz, um, as McLean leaves the office where you clearly see on his face, he's like, Oh, I know this guy is right. And I really, I'm concerned that there's more to this and I need to do something that little moment that he gets quietly by himself after McLean's out and he no longer has to go toe to toe where he can just quietly think to himself, this is going to be a thing and I need to get ahead of it. I like yeah. that moment. And it's just Dennis Franz being awesome.
0: Yes, I agree with you. I think that's great. All right, so the the script has a few little uh, extra things here. Cool. Uh, not much, but there's there's a little bit here. So it says, McLean comes out of Lorenzo's office. So he has the phrase about the the metal detector. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. McLean comes out of Lorenzo's office steaming. He walks down the corridor, looks back at one of the stocky airport cops, fakes a smile. When the guy turns away, McLean punches the wall. Yeah. Then a clatter... Announces the passage of the Moor Guys, the body on their gurney. McLean moves aside, watches them, thinking, getting an idea. He passes a rent a car desk. A girl is lost in a romance novel. Oh. McLean says, Excuse me. He reaches over, gently takes typing paper and a stamp pad. Hey! And then it says in the parking garage. McLean catches up to the Moor Guys as they reach their, their wagon. Whoa, guys! Very quickly showing his badge. Gotta check something. Before they can react, he's unzipped the bag. Yanked out the guy's right hand. Mm,
1: mm-hmm, and that's where mm-hmm. it
0: stops. So, pretty
1: similar. Yeah, pretty similar. I mean,
0: I, I like the descriptive nature of it. It's pretty similar. I, I I like the fact that she's, I guess the people in budget wanted to make sure that she's working and yes. not sitting there reading a novel. Yes.
1: <laughs> you can use our name in the movie, but our cashier is going to appear to be very competent and right on her job and that it will look very easy to rent a car. I'm still not fooled, Budget.
0: So people still will go fooled. to Budget. There you go. <laughs> so every wednesday we have a segment called off the beaten track airport airplane edition where my guests will give some sort of story anecdote adventure misadventure uh which i know you you like misadventures uh about something that happened to them over the course of their life that is somehow related to either an airport or an airplane or something uh, aviation related so Janae, you have a story yeah, it, there's
1: it was interesting trying to choose one there's been a couple everyone has an airport story right Everyone has a story that they're. Of course. I have many years ago got stuck in Minneapolis overnight because of weather, which is always a concern anytime you attempt to fly in or out of the Midwest in the winter. Um, I have my family uh, going to France for a family vacation, got stuck in Amsterdam overnight because of some delays and strikes. Uh, that was an, an adventure as well. In um, 2017, <laughs> a flight. Trying to get out of Germany by my friend Crystal and I, we were there for a dance event and we were taking a train to the Zurich airport from Wolfach, Germany. And we were, uh, we encountered a man in the train station who asked us how to get somewhere. He was asking everyone in the train station if they spoke French and Crystal (laughs) pointed at me and said, she speaks French. And I was like, I speak a little and the guy asked me questions about where the trains were going. And I was like, well, this one's going to Zurich because the only train I was aware of was the one we were waiting for. And he said, no, I don't want to go to Zurich. I am coming from Zurich. And I was like, well, you need to go in here and get a ticket. He was like, I'm not gonna get a ticket. I said, you need to go in here and get a ticket. And he said, I can't, I have no (laughs) papers. And I said, what do you mean you have no papers? Being an American, you know, papers to us, what? And he made, he gestured to me, he put his wrists together. And then split them apart and said, I cannot go back to Zurich, uh, gesturing that he was some sort of escaped criminal or was, I'm going to assume, recently released. And I was like, oh, sir, I cannot help you. (laughs) And backed away from the situation. (laughs) And I was like, we are going to Zurich, which is this way. I cannot help you. In in as as much French (laughs) as I can put together. Good luck, good luck. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I see why no one else in this airport wanted to help this man. (laughs) So that was one. And then uh, this this past January, my family coming back from Vegas. And again, as I've mentioned, it's it's unwise to attempt to fly around the Midwest in winter. But my goodness, we were coming. This wasn't even the Midwest. This was uh, Vegas got hit by that freak winter storm where they actually got snow for the first time in years. We were trying to get out of Vegas. Our flight from Vegas to Denver was delayed no we were supposed to transfer in phoenix for some random reason delayed just enough that we couldn't catch our our transfer out of phoenix to milwaukee had to then the guy at the counter went up to the counter like okay the flight's delayed now we're not going to make our transfer flight and he was like well i could put you on this one to denver um, and then you could go from Denver to Milwaukee, but you're not going to get there until the next day. And we're like, fine, whatever. And then he goes, oh, eh, that's not going to work because there's too many. And we're like, okay, fine. And he goes, well, I can put, I can get you on one that will go to San Diego and then to Nashville and then to Milwaukee. And I'm like, sir, <laughs> is there anything else that, that really uh, changes things? He was like, well, I can get you to um, right from here to Nashville and then from Nashville to Midway. And I was like, I, that doesn't help us. Midway is not Milwaukee. And he was like, yeah, but can't you get from Chicago to Milwaukee? And I was like, sir, we did not budget for that expense. He was like, I thought there was a bus. And I was like, sir, <laughs> we did not budget for that expense. It's not a free bus. <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes, okay, well, uh, what about if I put you on this other one, it's going to Atlanta, and then from Atlanta to Milwaukee, and that will get there tomorrow at 5 p.m. And I'm like, sir, okay, if that's all you can do. While he was discussing this with us, the flight from Denver to Milwaukee that he had originally wanted to put us on, but we couldn't because we wouldn't make the transfer, then got pushed back. And then because that got pushed back, people who were on it could no longer be on it. So now there was space on it. So we got shifted back to that flight. So we had to (laughs) leave from where we were, go down to another gate, wait. So we made it from Vegas to Denver. Transfer. We have to run because by now there's like a half hour. So we're like, oh yeah, look it, we're, you know, running down, me and my mom, and my dad, my mom and dad are both, you know, 75 years old and we're trying to hustle down the airport to get on this flight, which we're late for. We get it. They had already closed the door. We get on, we're sitting on the plane. We're like, woo, made it. Going to get back to Milwaukee tonight. Because at first when he was moving us around, it was going to be the next day. So we get out, plane taxis off, we get out. He goes, okay, we're going to de-ice the plane. They start de-icing the plane. And we're like, this is taking longer than we think it should. It, this has been... 20 some minutes de icing. De icing is usually fairly quick. The pilot comes on and goes, Well, while they were de icing the plane, they found a situation. It should be no problem. Something froze up. We're just going to get it unfrozen. We'll be underway shortly. Another half hour goes by. He goes, Folks, we're going to pull back to the gate. They're having trouble getting it uh, thought out. Fine. Okay. Get back to the gate. He goes, uh, Folks, we're going to have you get off the plane. The only way to get this thing unfrozen is to raise the heat inside the plane. So we're going to have to raise it to like 98 degrees in here. So we want all of you to get off. You can leave your stuff on the plane. Just get, this is going to take a little bit. So fine. We all get off. We're standing around the gate area. By now, it's, it's an hour and a half past when we were going to leave Denver. After the flight out of Denver was already delayed for an hour and a half. So by now, we're like, we were supposed to leave Denver at 7 p.m. It's now 10.30 And we're standing around and then they come on and go, okay, we couldn't get a fix. We found it was cracked, not frozen. So we're going to let you on 10 at a time to grab your stuff, take it off. We're going to get you a different plane. Oh my God, fine. So then we're going on 10 people at a time, getting our stuff, bringing it back off. Then we're standing around like, okay, head down here. six gates down. You're going to find, we we got another plane for you. Well, so now we head back down the airport, which no lie one gate away from the gate that we had landed at coming out of vegas which after landing in endeavor running down now we have to get back on now we're back where we started so we get on a plane they're like it's great okay we got everybody here we're still gonna get you to milwaukee tonight we're like sure fine get us out we're like okay we're gonna de-ice they're de-icing and they come on they say okay well we found an issue <laughs> everyone on the plane is going oh my god
0: Oh, another one! Oh my god!
1: Another issue. They were like, "It's a pipe. It's frozen. Don't worry. We're gonna get it thawed." We're like, "Oh my god!" It starts pulling back to the gate. Everyone on the plane is just like, "Oh, what is happening?" They pull back, Pull back to the gate. We're waiting another 45 minutes. They get it thawed finally they're like okay we're leaving we're taking off this we got it now oh no before this happens the pilot goes okay we got it thought, but here's the problem and everyone everyone on the crowd is like what do you mean there's another problem he goes the pilot the co-pilot all the staff we have timed out because you know the pilots can only work yeah. a certain amount of time and because of all the delays he goes we've timed out guys we're so sorry we have to get off the plane don't worry We have another crew coming for you. So our staff pilot, co-pilot gets off the plane. They bring another one on. We're still sitting here. And the new pilot's like, guys, we know things have been crazy. Don't worry. We're leaving. They drive us back out to the tarmac, have to de-ice the plane again. (laughs) So they de-ice it again. And then we finally take off. We land in Milwaukee. We got home. I got home at 3 (laughs) a.m. After, after in a flight that was a, originally supposed to land in milwaukee 7730. wow uh, there you go and just to prove my point you, you shouldn't <laughs> fly in or out of the midwest in winter there you go
0: probably not but uh <laughs> yeah i would agree with you on that one all right so uh do you want to once again tell people how they can find uh jeanette ward
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can look for me on all the socials. I'm out there on the Instagram at uh, j.y.ward and then on the Facebook and the Twitter you can also find my Belly Dance troupe if you'd like to keep up with us, what we're doing, and check out some performances. You can find our website at tamarindbellydance.com You can find my movie reviews at jwardadventures.blogspot.com
0: right, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for a movie wrap minute. You can find me on Twitter you can find my my website minute.com and you can find me on facebook so until tomorrow yippee And now later if you're fond of sand dunes and salty air quaint little villages here and